With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome to yet another edition of the Anfield Index India podcast, a right time to podcast during the international break. Today we have a very interesting panel. You could say the most apt title is the old and the new. So we have someone who's going to make their debut on this podcast. We have Sahil joining us. Hi Sahil, welcome to the pod. Hi Shri, hi Shri. Thanks. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, let's hope that sentiment stays at the end. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> But also joining us are a couple of the originals. It's almost like it's like the comeback pods. Uh, I We hope we don't need so many more comeback pods in the future though. But joining us are Neil and Dhananjay. I hope most of you remember them. You dare not forget them. But bringing hey, them hey. in, Neil and DJ, how how are you guys been ages? Uh, yeah, uh, it's, been, it's been a very, very long time. Uh, I, I, I blame work and... Uh, moving cities and all of those things but it's i'm glad to be back i'm excited i hope i don't fuck up let's see <laughs> it's, 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 you have been so much long away from this podcast club has gone from boom to a this is a good moment it's been that long <laughs> yeah <laughs> i still follow all the messages of the group it's just i have not been able to pod, pod with you guys for in a very long time but it's been it's great to be back yeah i think same here i think it's been a few months for me like three four months that i've like I was last on and it's great to be back because I was missing. I was just waiting for an opportunity to get back on. And it's amazing that DJ Shri and we have someone new, Sahil. So it's it's perfect. Okay, so let's dive in. There's going to be obviously, we have not ordered for a while. Especially like people like DJ will have a lot to catch up on or more importantly, lots to say. Uh, so we're just going to jump into the part. First point is obviously Liverpool as a club does their initiation. So we are in any difference. So obviously, we are going to let Sahil take stage first up. So Sahil, a brief introduction about you. Maybe what do you do? How how did you become a Liverpool fan? This is something we did on our pod one. So it's only fair you do it now. Sure, sure. No, not a problem. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, currently, right now, I, I live in Goa. I work for uh, FC Goa, the football club in the ISL. Uh, so I, I run the marketing for the club and, uh, yeah, that, that's what I do. And then, uh, becoming a Liverpool fan, it's been a long time. Uh, it's been like, uh, I think 98 was, uh, when I first started supporting Liverpool. Oh, uh, the Michael Owen club. Uh, actually not the Michael Owen club, the Steven Gerrard club. Ah, interesting. Yeah. So that was, that was when I just got into football and, and to be honest, um, you know, I used to I used to support whoever my brother. Uh, I mean, sorry, my brother used to um, support United, and um, 
I used to support whoever played against United. And then I saw United Liverpool game and I don't know, I just happened to like the club and I watched a bit more and that's how I got into it. And yeah, it's, it's, I've been a red since. Interesting. So how many times has your brother said to you that you chose the wrong red shirt? <laughs> well, actually, funny story because he's not a United supporter anymore. He was also pretty small then, so he's he's a UV supporter now. So we actually don't have those conversations. Ooh, interesting, interesting. It's going to be interesting when Cristiano Ronaldo comes to United in the Champions League. Yeah, definitely, definitely. It's so good. Good to know Goa. Another great place. Obviously, I I, I had the fortune of staying there for a couple of years. So. Nothing greater than that, obviously. So good to be good to also know that you are involved in football side of things as well. So not not many of us actually get the chance to follow a passion. So you could say you're one of the lucky few in there. I mean, you're so, right. I mean, I'm I'm actually living the dream, you know. So uh, I mean, I've always wanted to be part of football. Unfortunately, could never play. So I was like, okay, what's the next best thing is to look for work, you know, just do do what you love, you know. So I said, why not just do football. And especially with like Indian football on the rise now, and you know, there's, there's a lot of focus uh, on Indian football. Uh, it, it's a good place to be, and you know, it's, you're getting a lot of experience. You know, trying to start up, uh, being part of a startup league, and trying to build a league in in a country where football should actually, you know, be huge. I mean, considering our population, uh, you know, we 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 really have the people. It's just that we need the right tools. Absolutely, absolutely. So let. With the intros being done and dusted, let's get into the actual stuff. So, the first topic is obviously we we are going to start right from the back when it comes to Liverpool. Obviously, we're going to start with defense. So, obviously, there were a lot of concerns going into the season. Uh, the one common refrain was we needed to upgrade Lovren, and we didn't upgrade Lovren. Then the second news comes that he couldn't start, so we were actually left with Joe Gomez. You've chosen to sell Clavan without buying anyone. So there is obviously lots happening, especially with respect to center backs. Uh, uh, DJ, since it's been a while, I'd, I'd be interested to hear from you. So the season in the transfer window opened, it started with a lot of names and game one, we went in with Virgil van Dyke and Joe Gomez. It hasn't been too bad, right? No, in fact, I think they're quite good together. Uh, and in fact, I think Joe Gomez has really, really impressed me. Uh, in fact, I think the last game that he played against Leicester was maybe one of the best performances he's put in, uh, at center back for sure. Uh, he, he's been phenomenal. He's, uh, he's got a sense of composure about him. Uh, he's very, very mature, I feel. And maybe, uh, I, I can understand because even when the transfer window was closing, I also felt like we were light at centre-back and we should really upgrade or get another body in there for sure because Gomez does have his injury injury issues and so does Lovren and Matip to be fair. So it was it was worrisome at that point in time but having seen them play the last four games, seeing Liverpool play in a way that you know you know that they've not clicked into full gear but the defence has been solid. Uh, there have been issues but I think mostly really good stuff. I think a partnership is good here. There is There are signs that this could blossom into something great and I think Joe Gomez would be really really upset that there's an international break right now because if he is fit I think he keeps the shirt for Tottenham Absolutely So Neil coming what do you think why do you think this has worked in your opinion though Uh, you know Joe Gomez has finally got his chance to flourish at centre back you know in the previous three or four season he's played at right back at sometimes even at left back, I remember. And he's not had like a, he's 
it's like a star stop career. He's probably had like around 30 Premier League starts in the last three or four seasons. So I think finally this is his chance since uh, Lovren uh, uh, got injured. And I think apart from that, I feel here his uh, tuning or his relationship with uh, Van Dyke is perfect. I think they both understand each each other well, and I feel that. Uh, you know, apart, you know, even off the field, I think they're very good friends. So, and they're very close to each other. So, I think that also helps, you know, form a good relationship, which is important as a centre-back. You know, you need to be in sync with each other. You know, that connection needs to be there. So, I think that has helped a lot as well. Plus, I think Gomez is is, is a very confident player and, you know, he's, he's growing as a player under Klopp and Klopp has shown faith in him and he's taking his opportunity very well. And of course, playing al- alongside Van Dyke, who is, he feels like, you know, he calls him as his big brother. So I think that has helped him, you know, perform better and better. Absolutely. There are a lot of good off field signs. One of my concerns with, before I go to Sail, one of my concerns uh, with Gomez, especially what happened last season when he played at right back, was my personal concern that he often misjudges the flight of the ball. We saw him make that mistake repeatedly. We considered three or four goals where he basically misjudged the flight of the ball. Right. So I was wonder, wonder, wondering in terms of when he played centre back, in terms of aerial duels. But he's been. But I think he he's won more aerial duels in uh, the game Correct. against Brighton. I remember like eight aerial duels against Van Dyke's too. So I think you know he's that that part of the game he's improving. I feel clear clearly. Yeah, he seems. That's what I was going to say. That was my personal worry. I was like, you moving to centre back, he's just going to be more exposed to aerial duels. How he's going to handle? But my personal last two games is for me at least he's been the better centre back, even better than Van Dyke. Leicester, there's no doubt he's clearly outshone. But even Brighton, I thought he had a solid game. But Sile, coming to you, how do you view this partnership? Do you see this as a long-term partnership, or in terms of continuing, provided there are no injury concerns? Yeah, so I think this is a, a partnership that can actually actually pay dividends for Liverpool um, over the years. I mean, it's a partnership that can last for quite a few years. And, uh, you know, like you rightly said, I mean, we were worried at the start when, uh, when Lovren came back with that, with that injury concern and we sold Klavan and, you know, we, we, Matip was injured as well at that point and, you know, we didn't know what was going to happen. And then, uh, Joe Gomez stepped in and he's, he's done phenomenally well. I mean, he's, he slotted right in. Uh, we knew he was always a centre back. He always wanted to play at centre back. Uh, but, uh, you know, just, I, I think, uh, also having a, a partner like Van Dyke, who's who's so vocal in defence, and you know he's 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 really good at organisation. So I think that's that's going to help someone like Joe Gomez, who's so young, he's still learning the game. I mean, I still think he has areas that he needs to improve. Uh, you know, he started phenomenally, but I think he still tends to you know switch off sometimes, uh, and he needs to keep keep that concentration on for for the for the full ninety. Um, but I think yeah, I mean, I think this is a partnership that can definitely definitely work for for Liverpool. Yeah, let's let's just hope we haven't stuck by the England curse, which has already seemingly started. But we can always pray. Uh, that's the max we can do. But going to stick with defense, and I'm going to stick with you, Sile. So obviously, this this topic it's going to be an interesting topic because this would have sounded totally different. Maybe for few of us, if this pod was done a week ago, at least before the Leicester game. Let's talk about the record goalkeeper signing, uh, Allison. So. What has impressed you? Obviously, nobody's going to ask what has not impressed you. We have seen it live last week, what has happened. But 
obviously we have forked out the money it needed to be taken. Goalkeepers are in demand. This we have seen Ederson being signed last season. Now we had Kepa being signed for a record fee. Alisson before that obviously paying huge money. So goalkeepers are clearly being in demand at least in teams. Real Madrid due to the contract was obviously able to get Courtois for a low fee, but clearly movement of goalkeepers seems to be the in thing this season. But how do you rate Alisson? Were you thrilled? When we were linked, and as he lived up to what you thought he would deliver, um, I, I mean, it's it's too early to judge that. Uh, I think I think he's a he's a great keeper. He's uh, added a lot of calmness uh, to to the to the back four. I mean, uh, they they trust him a lot, uh, way more than they would trust uh, Mignolet or uh, Carius. Um, I mean, they they look to pass the ball back to him, which I think sometimes is. Is unnecessary, you know, just because he's he's really good with with the ball at his feet. I mean, he can he can he's great at passing. Uh, I mean, I, I, his passing uh, accuracy stats from last season were, were amazing. Uh, he's he's made some good saves, uh, and I think I think he's he's a player that can definitely save us five to ten points a year. Uh, but I, sometimes I think he's he's a little too calm, uh, you know. Uh, especially I mean, obviously the Brighton game, he tried it, it worked, it came off really well, and we enjoyed it. But then he tried to do something again at Leicester and it didn't come off. I mean, we're lucky it happened in a game that uh, that we ended up winning, and you know. So I'm just hoping that that he learns from this mistake. But uh, but at the same time, I mean, I think he also uh, you know has the the sort of character to uh, to you know uh, not not let this uh, mistake affect him at all, and you know come back and maybe maybe next time he he'll decide to do something else and just clear the ball instead of uh, you know trying to do like a crack turn. Uh, Right, right next to his goal. Interesting. So he he is someone who's, as you said, always comfortable with the ball. Not surprising, Brazilian, and he's someone who actually played as forward before being a goalkeeper. So not surprised with the skills. But he also made an interesting statement that he's not going to, he's not arrogant enough to going to continue doing the same things. So obviously, he's still going to back his strengths. His his strengths give us an opportunity. But I get Klopp made a DJ coming to Klopp made a very interesting. Statement poses one was obviously the thing about good that he made the mistake now and it won't happen. But for me, the personally more interesting statement was uh, we should use Allison as an opportunity and not as a solution. So as briefly Sile touched about, we should not just pass to him just for the heck of it. Use him when the situation demands and just not as an outlet. But DJ, nothing gets you going like a big transfer signing coming through. Uh, so, <laughs> what do you think? What's your thoughts on Alisson, though? Uh, I think what he has brought immediately to the team is a sense of assurance. Uh, I think his frame has also is he's he's such a huge, big man, and that yellow jersey is is, 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 is he's just a huge presence. Uh, more than anything else, I think it's that you know that calmness that uh, Sal was talking about. I find that now our defense is and like even Joe Gomez is very calm. Like that block he made, he was reading, 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 and then just went for that tackle. Like what a phenomenal block that was. Like, uh, but in general, Van Dyke is calm, Gomez is calm, Allison is a pretty calm guy. Uh, they all have they're maybe a little too cool, perhaps. But then I think between the three of them, there's like the small unit that's happening. And uh, especially after the first game, I noticed that like after we won the game, three of them. Had like their own separate huddle. It was kind of cool. Uh, so I think that was the first thing that he brought to the table, like you know, a sense of uh, assurance that you know uh, that one. I think with this defense and with Allison in the picture, 
there are no more self-fulfilling prophecies at Liverpool. It's it's really cool because uh, say say Alisson made that huge bundling error. Okay, if Carius made that error, everyone knows goal two and goal three is coming, and Liverpool are going to lose this game. Like that's that's the feeling the entire crowd had. That's the feeling the entire team played plays with. Uh, I mean, I might be being a little unfair and exaggerating a little bit, but you you know what I'm saying. Like we saw this happen a million million times with Mignolet and Carius. Self-fulfilling prophecies happen every time a corner takes place or a free kick happens. You just know like it's going to be a goal, and it won't be a goal. But then ten minutes later, the next chance happens and it's a goal. But after Carius made that ridiculous error, the next thirty minutes he was a fantastic goalkeeper. Like he made a pass where Leicester were charging at him, and I think it cut across three people, and suddenly Liverpool were like the midfielder could run. I forgot who who actually received the ball. But I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, to an extent, I think we overuse this option now. Just because he can doesn't mean we should. And I think to some extent, uh, a balance needs to be achieved here. And I think that will come as the team plays together. Because I feel really confident looking at any of our centre backs with Allison in the picture. I feel I just like as a fan, I feel more confident. Uh, I think another thing that he brings to the table is this insane approach, like how Van Dijk does as well. Um, Van Dijk makes mistakes, but it doesn't bother him. He's back at it, he's playing his best, and he's talking, and he's back on the game 100%. Salah does this. He misses a chance, he's back on the ball, and he's trying again the next chance. I think Alisson is the same. He has that mentality like, yeah, I fucked up, it's okay, uh, everyone fucks up, but now I'm going to show you why I'm, the be- why I'm a 60 million goalkeeper. So I think that way it's pretty cool that he brings that attitude to the table. Interesting, interesting indeed. Neil, I'm just going to touch upon another aspect. Obviously, we have stopped how good a goalkeeper, how he's saved and all. But one of the things which has also seemingly looks to be a possible weapon for us is his ability to just pass and find his man, irrespective of the distance. Within within your own half, within the opposition, he's, he has this uncanny ability to find his man and at the right pace so that it's not that the ball is going to hit you and go off 10 meters away and you have to run and fetch it. This passing range seems to be a weapon we could exploit a lot in the, at least the second half of the season. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Allison is the season with a few assists. <laughs> like he has a great range of passing and distribution, and it's it's not like he always chooses the kick or he throws it out or he makes this uh you know through ball kind of pass to the defense or it's always a short pass. I think he has great variation. Uh, he knows what he's doing. He scans the field, which I feel sometimes like. Say even uh, Henderson might not do in a tough situation. He's always looking for the best option and making that pass. Uh, in many ways, he passes like an outfield player. Uh, I I do feel like sometimes he, he it it's a little bit about like you know say say the whole Kraft turn mistake. He was trying to do what he normally does, but maybe he just kind of slightly misjudged that the player who was pressing him is um you know just who just came off the bench and maybe has to get adjust to that. Adjust to the pace of the league a little bit, but in general, yeah, I mean, he he has got the skills that we've been looking for and crying out for the last since Brendan Rodgers was there. I mean, we were always looking out for a goalkeeper who could pass out and you know ha- had good ball handling skills. But uh, I mean, we then went went and signed Manuel, so it doesn't make any sense. But right now, I think we got the right person that we've been looking for. So I think ever since Rina left, we've not found a good goalkeeper, and I'm I'm really hopeful that this guy will fill the shoes. So, Neil, coming to you, did, just to be honest, did you see this mistake coming? I did see it coming, but not so soon. I think we have a history of, you know, Liverpool keepers making mistakes, but I thought, you know, that 
you know it wouldn't come so soon but he you know he hasn't made a blunder which is you know which is like you know a, a blunder when it comes to a footballing thing you know he didn't probably let a ball go through his hands or you know the ball probably you know uh, like fell off his hands while he was collecting it or something so he's not made a blunder which is like a big goalkeeping error he just did something you know which probably you know can be avoided but you know the thing is he almost saved it he almost came back to save the thing i think there was just probably like a, like a yard or two away and he was probably just about to save it so that's the thing plus the mistake didn't cost us so that was probably a good thing you know that it didn't cost us plus he learned from that and the best part was that even after the mistake he was unfazed and i still think that he's going to keep on doing it but the thing is that he needs to assess you know when he's confident and when he you know he probably needs to assess the situation and the time when he needs to take the risk you know the risk reward factor needs to be assessed so that's that's my only thing i i think what he has clearly under, underestimated is that things can probably go wrong it will definitely go wrong when you are in liverpool i think he's do totally do any of you think it, do any any of you all think it's a foul because i read a couple of tweets and comments that you know if the var was on that the that would probably be a foul on alisson i don't think it's a foul i don't you think know, uh, it's a foul he's allowing I, the forward to make the challenge yeah you know but you know i i feel like uh i mean i read this somewhere as well but you know if, if it was any other goalkeeper i think the referee might have considered it like because he is such a fancy goalkeeper with his foot and does all these tricks and stuff i kind of feel like referees are like yeah this is bound to happen like so whatever uh before sile goes in my personal view is goalkeepers are already overprotected i mean next time a feather hits them they'll get a foul so i i personally am not of the view that it's anywhere close to a foul but <laughs> I will let Sail have his view on this. Uh no no I I don't think this was a foul. Uh I I know I I think I think it was just uh, a stupid error. I mean he thought he thought he could do something cool and you know uh show off. Uh, I think I think you know to be honest he is a bit of a show off. I mean just from just from his like the way of, the way he like moves around and you know just the way he walks he's, he's got that sort of aura around him. uh but uh, you know i i don't think that was a foul at all I, i was telling this in one of the whatsapp groups he did one of the most cardinal sins if you could say so is being a keeper when you're away from the box you never bring the ball towards the goal you always take it away you do and the point is he got caught trying to cry of turn it in and then yeah, i think he was too shocked that he lost the ball because if he had the sense of control he still had an opportunity to just kick it off to the Fight or and concede a corner, but I think he just lost his balance and lost control as well. He had no idea that this would actually happen. So then you could say a sequence of mistakes there in terms of what you would actually do when you when you're going away from the box. You you first thing you do is touch, put it away to touch or at least pass the ball far away from the goal. You don't br- try to bring it back into the goal. But as we've all said, we, I think the mistake has been done. Let's hope it's done and dusted. but i hear what neil is saying he's still that's his strength he's still going to do it but obviously maybe at a better decision making but coming back to say i don't know whether you can say it's uh, happier news or not that's the whole point of doing this uh, obviously we recently last week had the champions league draw so there were obviously the most 
more pessimistic fans were unhappy we were in group through three and we were pot three and we were worried who which of the heavyweights we were going to draw and the, the most optimistic ones were like all pot one pot two teams are going to fear liverpool being in pot three so it, it depended on which side you lay in neil i'm going to come to you first since you have not gone first at all champions league groups psg napoli uh, obviously red star belgrade and liverpool how do you view the group where do you think our opportunities lie and what do you think are the threats uh, neil you can go first i think uh, i think it's probably the toughest of the second toughest group i think last year we were pretty lucky i think we were still in pot 3 last see last season but i think will be a, i think a time is come where we are probably in probably the toughest group i think psg and napoli both have new managers in tuchel and ancelotti and i think it's it's i think psg and napoli are going to be very very tough tough games and even red star i think traveling there is going to be a big problem getting the points i think we we need to prioritize this two three fixtures above everything i think because we need to get out of the group getting finishing third probably won't help because we'll probably end up in europa league and so yeah i think uh, psg they have some brilliant players i think some key players if we can mention other front three mbappe Neymar and Cavani are going to be a big threat, but I think they are missing a couple of players as well, like Buffon, and I think Verratti is missing as well. But I think it's it's going to be a very exciting fixture with big, you know, both teams have you know those big front threes. Like we have Salah, Firmino, and Mane, and they have Mbappe, Cavani, and Neymar. <sighs> with Ancelotti, with Napoli, I think. Uh, I think we can probably get past them. We we'll probably get a draw away and or probably a win at home because I remember last time. I mean, I think the last time we played was 2010-11 and we probably managed a good draw away and then Gerard scored a hat trick and we won three one. So I think Napoli is still a fixture which we can manage with and I think to get out of the group we need to beat Red Star both home and away. I think uh, they have. a good team but they have lost a couple of key players as well this time so i think uh, beating red star would home and away would be the priority that's where we get those six points and then probably one point away at napoli and then uh let's say a win at home against napoli and psg would probably get us to about 10 10 or 12 points so yep Interesting. Sahil, I'm going to come to you. So Neil obviously said tough fixtures, but which side of the divide do you lie in? Uh, lie on tough fixtures for Liverpool or tough fixtures for PSG and Napoli? Uh, I'm I actually lie in the other boat uh, because uh, you know we we tend to really raise our game uh, when we're playing when we're playing bigger teams, and uh, I'm actually uh, really happy that we've drawn drawn such a group. I mean, yes, it is a tough group, no doubt, but At the end of the day, I want to see Liverpool testing themselves against these teams, you know, uh, you know, playing the likes of the PSGs of the world, and you know, actually trying to beat them. Because at the end of the day, if we want to win the Champions League, we've got to beat these kind of teams. So whether we face them in the group stage or in the semi-finals or in the finals, it doesn't matter. Uh, you know, what's what's really important for me is the the Red Star Belgrade games uh, that we're playing back to back. I think uh, that's very crucial that we take six points from there. uh going going to psg will obviously be hard uh 
you know that's that that's probably i mean i can see us drawing or at at best i i don't see us beating them there um but i think i think uh, psg coming to anfield will be uh, a different experience for them as well uh, you know uh, european night at anfield i think uh, it, it could be a little overwhelming as well for some players and and it's something that maybe they don't expect so yeah and then and napoli i mean napoli is definitely a good team they're tough to play against uh we did play them in in pre-season but i mean that was a completely different ball game um it's it's going to be it's tough going to the san paolo for sure uh probably probably see us getting 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 another draw there and and beating them at anfield as well so yeah i mean i i think i think we have enough uh to to make it through i mean if you were to ask me i think it would be psg and liverpool to to make it through and i think napoli would probably be the ones losing out Okay, interesting. I have Liverpool topping the group. It's Thomas Tuchel, so I clearly have us topping the group. But yeah, this group knows how my prediction goes. But uh, <laughs> DJ, coming to you, how do you see the Champions League groups going? Uh, I mean, I I don't want to go so far as to predict anything, but what I can say, I'm super excited. Uh, I think PSG, Liverpool, Liverpool, like home and away is going to be some. It's going to be a great night, like in the lights at Anfield and in the lights at Palace. I think it's it's just it's just such an exciting picture. I think this is what we missed since you know all these years. I, I'm just super excited, like big nights like these, and given our style of play, where you know you we have these ten minutes where we can blitz anyone. I I I mean like home or away, it doesn't matter. I think it suits it suits us fine if if, if we have to be. Uh, uh, compact and then suddenly just blitz them for ten minutes where we score three goals. Uh, say like how we did against Hoffenheim or Roma or any of these teams. Uh, then I don't see why not. I don't see why we cannot get out of this group first or even second. Ultimately, I I do think we're good enough. Uh, there's no question about that. I think in if you had to uh just simply see in terms of paper like where we stand in as a team and against these other three competitors. I feel like we are easily in the top two, and I think first and second is just a coin flip. Uh, so that's cool. I mean, like uh, I think we're far better than Napoli, I, even though I know like we played them in the preseason and we destroyed them. But uh, like I mean, surely they, when they play us now, it's going to be a different thing altogether. But yeah, I, I'm not worried. I'm excited. I I think this group is going to be really interesting, and I think if we get out of this group, it's going to set us up to not just Think about winning the Champions League. It's, I mean, we're definitely. If we get out of this group, you're going to say you're going to think in your head that we got out of the hardest group. Uh, we can easily make a semi-final again, uh, at least. Uh, I mean, because it's a cup competition, nothing's guaranteed. But I think it will give the entire squad confidence. The Champions League and league at the same time is something completely doable, and I mean that about the com- coming fixture pileup as well. Uh, so yeah, like that's what I that's what I feel is going to happen. Interesting. Thanks, DJ, for doing my job segue. But uh, let's talk about the fixture pileup since DJ has brought up. Uh, <laughs> so Neil, you, you you have looked up the fixture, and you can yeah. clearly see that uh, September, October, almost being a mini December, January, uh, <laughs> which is not great on the club. So uh, I, Neil, what's your take on the fixtures? I am. I don't see it as a you know fixture pileup or a fixture crunch. You know, you're in the Champions League. You know, at the same, you know, I, I think we we played the same amount of games uh, we played last season. In fact, I've done this small little statistic where, you know, compared comparing, you know, the games from last year to this year, 
uh, up till August, we had we played about five games, including the Champions League qualifier. In September, after the international break, we played six games that last year. And this year, we have only four games after the international break until the end of the month. And in October, we had five games. And again, this year in October, we have five games. So I don't think it's a pileup. It's the same fixture list. We had a League Cup game, which we lost to Leicester 2-0 in the third round. And this year, we have Chelsea. So I think... It feels like more like a crunch because there are big teams. You know, we have Spurs. Yeah, it's it's, it's have, more about the quality yeah, being yeah, the packed quality together. Of the we have Spurs, then instantly we have PSG. Then we have a then you have a Chelsea doubleheader. Then you have a Chelsea doubleheader. Then you have Man City. So it's it's the you same amount of fixtures. It's just the quality of fixtures are you know, but much 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 better because. Again, you see the Champions League group. We had Sevilla, Spartak, and Maribor, and um, uh, um, now we have uh, PSG, Napoli, and uh, Red Star. So it's just like you know, big change. I think very quickly uh, we'll find out whether uh, we are going to win the league or if we're going to like do something. Yeah, plus, to the Champions but the good league. thing is that we yeah. have a better squad than last season. You know, we have there's more depth in the squad than there was last season. So. That is, you know, that helps as well. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, we, we definitely have depth and we haven't even seen Fabinho play yet. I mean, he's definitely going to come in at some point. You know, once once Klopp uh, gets him properly into the system, uh, he probably takes up time. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's it's interesting. It, it, it's a big test early on. But at the same time, I think it's it's a good time to have this test because it's, it's you know, right at the beginning of the season, Players are relatively more fresh. I mean, I know we had the World Cup and all, but I mean, you know, in terms of the season, they they aren't as uh, leggy as they would be maybe come December or towards the end of the season. So I think I think it's good that you know we are playing these fixtures right now, and um, I think I think we can cope. I mean, even if we do have uh, an injury here or there, uh, maybe maybe uh, centre back is uh, you know uh, a place where we we really hope we shouldn't. Uh, Get any injuries, but uh, I think I think um, uh, I think Klopp might have a selection headache because when once both Lovren and Martip are fit, then you know you have three fit centre backs, you know, with one Dyke to play. So I think I think we are okay at centre backs. Just my opinion. Yeah, I mean I, I do agree with you. Uh, I'm I'm not uh, the biggest fan of Lovren to be honest. I mean he has improved, but uh, still don't have full confidence in him, especially after his. Uh, you know, I'm the best defender in the world. Comment, uh, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, centre back we do, we do have, uh, we do have backup. But I just feel like, uh, you know, we we are well stacked everywhere else in our team uh, in terms of uh, really good, good, good quality replacements. Uh, I don't think we have exactly the same thing at centre back. I I think one of the things which is going to help at least is we have a sequence of. In this, in this obviously crunch time, we have a sequence of three home games. Home against Paris Saint-Germain, home against Southampton and home against Chelsea. And even then the next game again is the league, but the travel is less in terms of going to Chelsea before we take the big travel to Napoli. So, I, we have a sequence of four games where we either have no travel or very less travel. So, I think that whatever benefit we have, we need to obviously use it. Because once you go to Napoli and you're coming back, you're directly playing City. So... I think that double header could actually decide a lot of things in terms of obviously 
depending on how the result goes against PSG, you go to Napoli away and follow it up with City at home. And City, City have a very, in fact, one of the most poor records at Anfield. So we, it's up to us to keep that up. So I think that double header could be the most crunch set of a pair of fixtures we could uh, look at. So obviously we have talked about Fabinho. We obviously could see Sturridge. We could see uh, Shakiri making. Getting far more minutes, we'll see obviously the midfield being rotated upon. So, centre-backs we have touched upon. So, I think that will be one of the initial phases where the squad will get, you could say, at least used up a lot more. Uh, so, it's, it's obviously, we'll get to know, because Shakir is there. It's, uh, I told before, we, a lot of people like Shakir, treating him as though he was a Preston Northern player. He's played in the Champions League. So, this isn't going to be new to him. So, it's, it's good. I'm excited to see how he's going to perform. But, uh, coming, uh, since we have, we have now talked about fixture list, we have talked about our Champions League. Uh, since you brought about Fabinho, uh, style, do you think it's, it's, uh, Fabinho is getting the ox treatment last year where he's been, basically his loads have been kept low to be used up in a crunch season where somebody else might, whose load might go down because we did this with Ox. We said he's settling in, settling in. And obviously, unleashed him for a period of games till he was almost a regular till he got injured. Uh, yeah, I mean, so la- last year when we signed Ox, uh, he didn't really start too much. And, you know, we were wondering, you know, is, is he really, uh, you know, going to get get into this Liverpool team? Or, you know, has Klopp made a mistake in signing him? And then when Klopp brought him on, I mean, he was amazing. Uh, and we're really, I mean, I'm sure all of us are really upset that, you know, he's, he's, he's going to be missing the whole season. Uh, I think, I think it's, it's a similar case with Fabinho where he's, uh, in fact, he said it in preseason as well that, uh, when, 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 uh, Nabi came in, uh, he said, you know, Nabi, Nabi looked really fit and, you know, ready to play and he felt like Fabinho needed some time to adapt. So I think, I think he's, he's going down a similar route where, He's, he's getting him accustomed to his style of play because it's something that, uh, Fabino hasn't been playing. I mean, Monaco don't exactly play, uh, uh, exactly the same style as, as we do. Uh, and, and, uh, I think, uh, you know, it's going to take some time. I mean, there was an interview, uh, that Fabino had done some time back where I remember he said that, uh, you know, he's doing things and learning things in, in training that he's never been taught before. So I think it's a learning experience for him. And I think, uh, soon enough, he'll get his opportunity, and and we'll see exactly where Klopp has signed him. Because, I mean, since Klopp has come in, I I don't really, I can't really pinpoint uh, a really really poor signing. Okay, I mean, take Carriers out of it, uh, but apart from that, uh, you know, so I I have uh, trust and faith in Klopp, and I think uh, you know he'll come good eventually. DJ, your take on Fabinho? Obviously, we have not seen him at all, but. I don't know how much of him you caught in the preseason or if you've seen him before, but a quick thought on Fabinho. Yeah, I mean, with 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 respect to Fabinho, I only saw the highlights of that first game. I think was it Chester? I can't remember, but like there was one preseason preseason game that he played in, and he seemed fine to me. But obviously, I think Klopp demands so much from that midfield because they're all utility guys doing multiple roles, and and you could. You can always sense that our midfield is always stretched too far, uh, as in it always feels like three people doing the job of five. So, uh, you know, for him to get used to that, and from what I understand, Monaco played uh, two defensive midfielders and he was one of the two. So for him, it must be a huge change. Clearly, he has the ability and the capability. He's played in the Champions League final, uh, semi-final, I think. 
So, uh, I mean, given all of that, I don't doubt that this guy can be good enough for us and can do the job for us. I just think it's a question of, uh, 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 you know, uh, adapting to what Klopp requires from a midfielder in Liverpool. And 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 that and, and I think it's okay to give him that time because uh, right right now, even though Wijnaldum had such a poor game against Leicester, but uh, the other, I mean, the three of them have been fine. Uh, to I mean, including Henderson, the four of them. Then, Fine over the last four games, they've not been great, they've not been exceptional, uh, but they have been doing the job. And I think we have gotten by. It still feels like preseason just got over for Liverpool. I feel like the entire mood at the club is preseason just finished. And once the international break gets over, is when the league really, really starts for for all of us. So I think I'm, I'm pretty sure Fabinho will get get that chance. And I'm sure initially there might be sometimes in the game where you just see like, okay, this guy's not getting it. But I think in the long run, uh, I don't doubt the. I don't doubt that he will come good. Neil, do you have anything to add on Fabinho? Your take on this? I think DJ and Sahil have summed up pretty perfectly about him. I think he's a brilliant, talented player with huge capabilities. And I think once you know we're in the midst of things, you know, like right in the middle of the season, we'll get to see more of him. And I think he is a player, you know that. We kind of really needed, especially in that position. Liverpool needed that kind of player, so I'm just glad that we have someone like him. And yeah, that's it. I'm just looking forward to watching him in action. Interesting. I think let uh, time to move on to the last topic, but I'm hoping to have a good discussion. Which obviously news has emerged this week about Henderson signing a new contract, a new five-year deal, purportedly, obviously. Twitter has been broken into half. It depends upon which side of the divide you lay in. You obviously some great him, something some people are like, yeah, he only passes sideways. He's a coward, so it's it, it could be you could lie on either side of the bed. There's obviously no judgment, but a couple of things. What's your take on the contract and how do you see it playing out in the long term future? Obviously, let's assume I think it is indeed a five-year deal. Uh, I'm going to come to you, Sahil, first on this. So, your take on the contract, though, first. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not surprised by it. Uh, I think I think Henderson is is a great player to have. He's he's a great leader. Uh, definitely captain material. Uh, his his quality though is uh, I mean, his, his quality is good. I mean, it's it's not that it's not that I think he's he's only passes sideways or things like that. When he's on form, he can be really good. Uh, but uh, I think I think with the the quality that we have uh, right now in midfield after signing you know Fabinho and Nabi, um, you know and especially having having the Ox, uh, I mean Milner seems to be just getting better with age. Uh, right now I can't see him losing his place in the team because he's been he's been so good since the start of the season. I mean with him you always know what you're gonna get. So uh, you know it's 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 gonna be a little harder for him uh, to get into the team. Although he does have that, uh, you know, leadership quality about him, which is also huge and hugely important in a game, uh, which you can't really take away from that. Uh, so it's it's interesting. I mean, I I really want to know. I mean, I really want to see what what Klopp does with this. I mean, especially with all the options that he has in midfield, uh, because you know, when when we signed Fabinho and then and and we obviously knew Nabi was coming in, I thought Hendo was going to be the guy. You know, who's going to lose his spot. Indeed, indeed. Obviously, the signs were like Fabinho was signed. Why would you bench a player after buying him? Obviously, it's clear Klopp doesn't think hugely of captaincy. 
Uh, interested to hear what BJ has to say on the Hendo contract situation. Oh uh, yeah, I mean like you know, so I I I do like Hendo and I kind of echo Sahil's thoughts. I just feel like he's a really good player when he's on it, uh, but I don't think he's capable of playing maybe three games in a week, and I think that brings about a little bit of disruption to the team. I just feel like when Hendo is on form, Liverpool are way more direct. Uh, the channels of passing are much faster. Where always looking to hit the front three much quicker. Uh, and, and I think Henderson brings that quality, which I don't think the other three have in them right now. Like, I think maybe Navi would bring it in a different way, driving through midfield. But uh, with Hendo, the passing is one touch, boom, boom, boom. Like, you know, you're already up the field 30 yards. Um, so I do like Henderson. I do rate him. I do think he's good. He's a good player, but he's he's not capable of doing three games in a week. Uh, most of the time, either because of injury issues or uh, his heel or whatever it is. Uh, but I am glad he signed the deal. I, I am glad that he's still part of the club. I think, uh, 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 I think we, I think we underestimate what an influence he has in the back room and, um, and in general, like, all the players hold him in high regard. I think he's taken his training on captaincy from Gerard, I think, really well. Uh, so all those things really add a lot of, um, how do you say, you know, an, a team spirit that, and he's the one who was always like you know getting people together and like conveying messages uh and like organizing team meetings and you know it, it's great to have i think it's really good to have him around the club but even if that means it's okay and i think uh, uh you're completely right there. i don't think Klopp really cares too much about uh who's the captain because in our team if you see international at an international level there are about six players in our team who are either captain or vice captains of their country so i think the captaincy is a team collective effort. It's just that Henderson is, uh, is the leader amongst that group, I feel. So it's, it's just great that we have so many options. It's great to have Henderson in the, as part of the club because I think he's been there from such a young age. He's 28 now. Uh, I think he joined when he was 21 or 22. So uh, definitely good to have him in the club. Definitely happy that he signed the contract. Uh, I, I am sure, like, you know, with the way the manager has been using him, he'll use him in the right games at the right times. And I'm sure Henderson will definitely... Uh, I'd add a lot to the club. All I wish now is that I, I want this team to start winning some trophies and I'm hoping uh, uh, we do start doing that soon. So, best of luck for him. Indeed. So, Neil, come on. Obviously, you are active on Twitter, so you would have seen uh, some concerns or more, more questions about he's 28. Why offer him a five-year deal now? He's locked at 33. Post 30 with this record, he might become unsellable. So obviously, so what's your take on on the duration of the contract and more in general, more more about are you happy? Are you sad? Which which side do you lie on? So Neil, up to you. I think I'm not happy or sad. I think it's uh, I'm not surprised that this has come you know come through. You know, five-year contract. He. Um, he probably will probably end his career at the club. I feel you know he's gone through something similar to James Miller. I think James Miller is what about 30, 32 now, and I think he's raring to go. If even if he's 33, I know he's the kind of guy who will stay fit. He'll probably be the first person in training, and you know he's he's someone who probably wants to play all the games. But I think it's um, I think the age is not the factor. I, I guess I, I wouldn't be too concerned because he's he's like a person who who will. You know, probably be the fittest even at the age of 33 or 34. But apart from that, I think, I think 
PG and Sila said all the things that I've had to say. I think you know he's a great person and a great captain and a great leader. And like Klopp said, you know, after he signed his contract, that he embodies embodies what it means to be a Liverpool player in the modern era. I think we've not had a player who's after Gerrard. You know, will probably stay at the club for so long. I think he'll be probably Henderson. He'll complete about ten to twelve years at the club by the time his contract expires. So yeah, I think. But yes, there have been a lot of mixed reviews, especially about how he keeps passing sideways or backwards. But we, he probably had one bad game. You know, I was personally very disappointed. You know, I just saw some stats where almost 40-45 percent of his passes were backwards in the game against Leicester. So I think you know, you know, his energy is something you know which we could use of. You know, especially his energy. For pressing from the front, you know, it's it's really top top quality. Especially you know when you're playing against those low block teams. But you know when you play against you know a team like Leicester, you know I think it's suicidal because we lose control and you know that brings a lot of problems on the team. You know we bring we tend to get a lot of problems because of that and you know not being able to play out of the tight spot. So that's when uh, you know he 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 probably him being in the starting eleven didn't help. So I think it. Klopp should probably choose those games perfectly, you know, where he'll be helpful. Also, adding adding to to what you were saying, to what you were saying, uh, you know, about uh, uh, the captaincy and and uh, and all of that. Uh, you know, I think what's also important is you know having uh, a player that is that has been there, uh, been at the club for a while, uh, is very important. Uh, you know, someone who's kind of been there, done that. Uh, you know, and, and and he he's the kind of guy who who sort of demands. Or rather, not demands but commands respect. Um, uh, you know, for 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 his for his character and his nature and the way he is. Uh, and I'm sure, I mean, everyone in the team gets on with him. Um, you know, and uh, we we do definitely have. Uh, you know, something that that I feel that has changed in, in our squad is that uh, we do have a lot of natural leaders now. Suddenly, you know, I mean, we have Henderson, we have Van Dijk, who's also very vocal. Uh, I mean, I could see him becoming future Liverpool captain. I mean, he he has it in him. Uh, I mean, Allison is also someone who's who's quite commanding, and uh, you know, I, I mean, whatever I've been reading, that he's he's quite vocal and and things like that. So, uh, you know, we do have uh, a a good bit of leadership on the field in in different areas, which is really important. I mean, if you look at uh, any title-winning side uh, over the last so many like whatever ten twenty years, uh, you know, you you've had not just the captain who's been vocal, but like a number of players in the team that that you know that talk to the younger guys and you know sort of push them push them through in harder moments and stuff like that. And I mean, I'm also not really concerned uh, about the length of the contract. Um, I think I think he's uh, you know someone exactly like like a Milner who can play on, who who train hard. Uh, you know, I completely agree agree with that as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the the length of the contract is really any concern. DJ, you have anything to add on this debate? Obviously, Neil has also made a point about maybe Henderson is going to be picked and chosen for certain games, whereas the teams are going to sit back and he's just going to recycle position where we create we hold 70% position. But what's your take on this? Whatever Sile has talked about and maybe him being picked for certain specific games. Yeah, I mean uh, that's bound to happen. Like uh, I, I think uh, when I say he can't play three games in a week, it it part of uh, it's also because sometimes it doesn't suit him to play certain teams as well. Uh, like I, I completely agree with uh, Neil when he said that when Leicester's like a pressing team, 
uh, and then you lose midfield control if if, uh, if if Henderson has a bad game or had he had a good game, it would have been completely different. But uh, yeah, I agree. Like you know, the way he passes the ball, the way he uh, like you know sits at the base of that uh, midfield sometimes, uh, he, his style of play also suits a certain type of game. But on the, the flip side to that argument is like when we play Man City and then he's running and hurrying and destroying uh, plays and intercepting. Uh, I mean, like he can do that as well. It's just that he can't do it every week. He can't do it week in week out. Uh, I, I think his body does not allow him to. But uh, I mean, like yeah, I mean it's completely right. I, we we have to pick and choose. Uh, I mean it's it's our entire midfield is horses for courses. Like we have to choose when we use what uh, based on tactics. And I think it's fine. It's completely a smart way. Just because you're captain doesn't mean you should be picked automatically for every game. So it's 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 cool. I think that's uh, I think that's the way modern football is going anyhow. Unless you're a goalkeeper, you're pretty much not guaranteed to start every game. So uh, yeah, let's. I mean, it, it's part and parcel of his life, and he seems to be completely okay with it, and he seems to be completely on board with it. He, if anything, Henderson seems to be a team player. Uh, so you know, uh, all the I, I think that boats well for Liverpool as well. Yeah. Uh, so obviously we. At least most of us seem to be okay that he's got a contract. And I think DJ made a very important point that he's on board with the idea. Obviously, he's put, he's the kind of player who would definitely put the team first. He basically changed his whole game style or his career for the team. He was, obviously, injuries have played a part, but he was flourishing or at least his best moments were as a number eight and he's clearly sacrificed his greatest strengths to play as a number 10 because at this club thought he's a fit. So, there's no doubting that he will put team's priorities over it. So, before we close out the pod, since it's been a while, obviously, since DJ and Neil have been on the pod, any particular point which maybe we have not covered in the pod, but you both wanted to make. So, one last point for each of you. Neil, you go first. Um, I think I was a little concerned with the news of Adam Lalana being injured again. It was a little disappointing because, you know, he's had this lot of starts stopping in the last season and the season before that he's kept on being injured. He's nearing 30 years old and I was just disappointed that, you know, you know, he's injured again. But yeah, I think, I think I'm not really happy with, you know, his, you know, his injuries and his fitness especially because it's disappointing because we have already lost Oxlade Chamberlain and we could have really used him this season. So I think let's just, I just want to, Hope that he, you know, gets fit really quick and he gets back into playing because at this age, I think, uh, you know, he's 30 and, you know, he's not going to get any fitter, especially with, with all the injury concerns through the last few seasons. So, yeah, just that hope. Hope he keeps fit. Otherwise, I hope we sell him and get someone better. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I personally wanted him to be sold. I just wanted him no, to be I was sold like, this it, season. It like you showed so much concern and then you were ruthless for a second. There. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I had these talks with people where I thought, you know, he will be sold or, you know, I just wanted him to be sold personally. But I guess because of Oxley Chamberlain's injury or maybe that he's on high wages that, um, you know, we probably couldn't sell him or club wanted him on the team. Yeah, I get that. I absolutely understand. DJ? Uh, yeah, I, you know, so I've been away from the pod for so long that I honestly have no idea how, uh, I mean, apart from what we discussed on the group briefly, uh, about how you guys felt after the Champions League loss, but 
personally i kind of disappeared from football a little bit after that loss not because i took it badly i just felt like okay you know that was such an intense ride that uh, it was good to be away from football a little bit but i have never started watching a liverpool season in recent memory thinking that genuinely thinking that this year something special is going to happen with liverpool so i'm really really excited i i know i'm hoping that you guys feel the same way and like this is just like a broader uh, point that i've been feeling over the last four weeks that yeah there are things that are still left to click but i think the makings of a great season are already here so yeah 12 and 12 i mean 12 from 12 Luckily for you, you brought it up at the end of the pod. Otherwise, you would have disappeared from the pod for bringing up the final again. <laughs> But yeah, you saved yourself with that optimistic pitch at the end, saying this could be. And being a true Liverpool fan by saying this year is our year till yeah. <laughs> where it lasts till December, and then you say next year is our year. Nothing. <laughs> But Sail, coming to you, obviously you first time on the pod. I, I'm hoping you enjoyed it. You have no other choice to say anything else, anyways. But uh, uh, <laughs> any point you wanted to make, at least maybe this season, last not last season. Ignore that. That never happened. This season, uh, start any particular player you wanted to talk about, which we didn't touch upon. It's up to you. The floor is yours. Yeah, I mean, first of all, it's been great. Uh, you know, my my debut on the pod. I've I've really enjoyed it. Uh, It's been great listening to to you know all of your all of you guys' opinions and and thoughts and um, I mean yeah I really really enjoyed enjoyed it and hope to be part of many more to come. Uh, but uh, you know in terms of the team, uh, I think uh, the one thing that's uh, that's been on my mind. I mean it's not something that that I've been really overly concerned about, uh, but. It's just uh, a stat that I that I that I came across that was a little little surprising was that uh, Salah had missed uh, four out of his five uh, clear cut chances this season, uh, and those were you know chances that that he would put away with his eyes closed last year. Uh, so it, you know it's just just uh, just wondering, uh, you know, is he, I mean I don't expect him to have uh, you know the same type of season in terms of numbers, uh, but just in terms of impact, you know whether. I mean, I'm 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 hopeful for for his sake because he was so good last year, and I'm hoping that he he had the only kicks on this year. But I'm just I'm just beginning to to you know just wonder what uh, you know what's going to happen there. I just hope he doesn't have like any burden of sort on him because last season he came with no expectation, then he flourished, and with this season I think he has a little burden on him. I I feel like he's not happy, especially in the first three four game. Maybe it's the Egypt thing, you know, the whole Egypt fiasco, and the. Uh, Thing with his image One. rights and all the things that happened during the World Cup, or maybe it's just that he has he feels a little like a bit of more pressure than last season. One One thing though, if you if if you go back to last season though, if you take the initial few games, obviously he scored against. Uh, he did score initially, but he did miss a lot of chances. People, if you recollect, people were talking about. Imagine where would he be if he had scored all those chances? So <laughs> this season also he's obviously scored, he's assisted, but he's missing chances. But his chance creation is still high. He's one of the highest in the leagues alongside David Silva. Uh, it's a few days old stat. I'm not sure whether it holds true, but at this few days back he was the top chance creator along with David Silva. So the chances are coming. He is going. He's the type of player who is going to get chances. His movement is. Extraordinary, and he, 
it's 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 what i typically term it as the robin situation where you know what he's going to do but you can't stop him it's it's he's that kind of a player so i'm personally not worried obviously it depends upon where you benchmark if you are expecting he's going to score another 40 in the league maybe not obviously people are going to double team you it's quite clear one person is not enough so obviously the only way you can do it legally is double team him so numbers but his numbers seem really good except the chance obviously he's missed chances but that's something he did last year initially as well the numbers seem all good but that's just my take no no i agree with you see uh, like the underlying numbers are great i think it's okay that he's missing the chances it's it's going to happen sooner or later and i i mean he as long as he's in the right positions which he is uh, it's just it's just a matter of time i think yeah i mean Sorry, i i, I yeah no i i i it's not it's not something that i'm really concerned about or you know something that that I'm, that's worrying me i mean at the end of the day he's not been putting it in but money has he's got four four uh, four goals already so i mean it's not a concern in terms of you know if, if he, he doesn't score the the fact that we're overly reliant on on him scoring uh, because we do have other other players who will score goals or will make up for those goals so that's not a concern i'm just i'm just saying for his sake and you know the fact the fact that people will then start talking about him being like you know oh, he just did it in one season like a one season wonder of sorts and so just for his sake i'm hoping that you know like what she said is that he maybe just starts off the season slowly and takes a few games to get into it but then once he starts it's like it's just like a trade that's never going to stop so let, let's all just hope for that people have been calling kane as a one season wonder for four seasons in august because he never scores in august and then he's the true embodiment of when september comes things are just going to happen so let's just wait and watch i think we are we are literally over short time before nina abruptly cut the call we should end this pod here any feedback please send it across to any one of us we are more than willing to listen out and make changes if need be any particular topic you want to debate on we are more than open uh, a quick plug to obviously anfield index pro nothing bigger than having king kenny on a podcast imagine player champion manager and now a podcaster who would have ever thought this maybe not even years months ago so please it's well <laughs> worth your time it's on youtube it's on it's on the free a channel seven day trial is worth it i'm quite sure once you sign up for the trial you are not going to regret it and you are going to sign up but even if you don't intend to nothing great then it's it's the pod is so great it's almost like he's sitting next to you and talking to you in a bar maybe or in a pub it sounds so good so natural so do listen on to the i obviously if you are listening to the pod more chances that you have listened to king kenny's pod than us but if by chance you haven't by now please do listen to it but till next time goodbye thank you work.